Oh, what a tangled web we weave when we practice to deceive. Man, I learned that years ago when I was in pirate school. <laughs> you know, the things people teach you. In the world, what we're seeing is the result of, of lies and deceptions and uh, the, the cash grabs people do, politicians, the media. Yeah, the control, controlling people through all kinds of means. Really, people are controlled through debt. And that that's a, a very old statement. Years ago, Thomas Jefferson talked about that being one of the, the biggest dangers to freedom is being controlled like that. You know, and, and, you know, every dollar printed in America has debt attached to it. You know, we've gotten into a position where it's, uh, you know, a no-brainer that people can't even keep their heads above water these days. It's difficult, especially now you're paying double for gas, food, food prices going up every day. So there's like a crisis in every area, you know, and on the red pill news, we like the truth. We don't like the, the BS that comes out of Washington, D.C., or any other governmental agency, they're not there to, to help us, and they should be, because that's what they're duly elected to do. So, look at the situation with, with uh, Roe versus Wade, right? You have a, a leaked memo from a little while ago saying that they're going to overturn it in the Supreme Court. You have people losing their minds, uh, on the, the extreme lefties losing their minds to to fight for the right to terminate these people. That's the way I see it. <laughs> I don't even see it as a baby. I see it, you're, you are terminating someone's life. Uh, you're, you're making it so that person can't exist. They're not going to be able to to enjoy life or uh, or hate life and be angry or whatever other thing that you do. But you know uh, the life was theirs uh, to live. Then some you know doctor comes along or whatever and it's gone. You know so then it came down to you know what it is every time you you give an inch they take a mile. That's another old saying, right? And when it comes to abortion, it's a horrible, horrible issue. It really is. Uh, It's defined in uh, an inhumanity, you know, and then people on both sides of the issue uh, just use basic bits and pieces of it to attack one another when... It's inconsistent behavior, inconsistent talk, and uh, also inconsistent action. But because of all this, you have politicians like Chuck Schumer, who was yelling and screaming about uh, Kavanaugh and Gorsuch, you know, naming people on the Supreme Court. And this this is a, a, a United States politician, a senator, for a long time. You know, you, you know why? Nothing good ever happens in New York because you got characters like that in charge, you know. And uh, when people look at their situation in New York and realize how bad it is, it's because of people like that aren't representing you. This is what the guy does instead. So, yep, this green, you know, the media, I think the the right-leaning media actually put the, the videos out because the left 
media doesn't say anything about this stuff. Has, you know, Chuck Schumer, you're going to reap the whirlwind, yelling at, at, at Kavanaugh and Gorsuch, you know. You're going to reap the whirlwind. You're going to... And this is the deal. Once you're a Supreme Court justice, the only way out, really, unless you decide to retire, is feet first. It's a lifetime position. I don't agree with that, me personally. I don't think there should be any lifetime positions in, in a free society, you know, and I think there should be term limits as it is on uh, on Congress and Senate and all that. You know, you need term limits. You need not to have these lifelong uh, thieves in there, you know, robber barons. And they, they make their deals and they they set themselves up there. Man, they don't know what even what it's like stressed out over paying their food bill or light bill or putting gas in the car. They don't know that. You know, they're mainly very wealthy people. And the ones who go in there who aren't wealthy become wealthy. The things you have to ask yourself a question on, you know. So, but who is he talking about? He's talking about, uh, and it's not like you can vote Kavanaugh out. You'll reap the whirlwind. Everything the guy said sounded like incitement and threats to me. As a normal, average, everyday, middle-of-the-road person, it sounds like a threat. If that was me he was saying that stuff about, I would feel threatened. And uh, and obviously, they arrested some uh, another little lefty, another you know liberal extremist, some young guy who, who went to Kavanaugh's house to kill him, you know? Had had zip ties, had a, had a, a Glock, you know. He had all these uh, all these weapons on him, and he had his statement that he was going to kill Kavanaugh. You know, they're having a protest outside of Kavanaugh's house. You know, what the sad part is for me watching all of this. One, the people who live in that neighborhood don't need this crap. They they pay their their own bills, they pay their taxes, they they uh, bought a house in a nice neighborhood to avoid. Uh, these mutants who are out there yelling and screaming that don't know how to control themselves in an honest protest environment. You protest outside of, of the court building. You can protest outside of the White House. But you don't go to the guy's house and and draw that kind of threat level to him and his family. You know, it's it's not not right. It's absolutely wrong. These people don't know right from wrong unfortunately and they're being spoon-fed crap from from their handlers their their masters which is people like chuck schumer so there's a thing called inciting a riot and it's very interesting that tonight they're they're having their big hearing start on the june 6th insurrection washington dc capitol building of all the trumpy people that were there that basically uh, you know, walked in and uh, messed some stuff up and hung out in people's offices. They they were trying to get to the people in Congress. I don't know what they were thinking. I know I watched Trump and incite those people to, to go get them, you know, and Mike Pence had to go into hiding for months because people were threatening his life. You know, when you're in power, especially a, a position where people put belief in, in you and what you say and do, you can't incite riots. You can't tell people to go hurt people. You can't even lean in that direction. You have to be in the direction of, of peace, keeping the peace. Sure, 
It's your right to protest. Go and protest. There's a time and a place for it. Mainly, a lot of times you need a permit to protest. Going into someone's neighborhood, yelling, screaming, playing obnoxious music, yelling over loudspeakers. Those people are going to get shot. They're going to get hurt. There's going to be these, you know, people who live in that neighborhood that have nothing to do with this who are going to feel threatened. And they're gonna they're gonna like be you know looking out their windows watching these these wackos, and who knows what they're capable of? We've seen these things before explode in, into violent violence like that. They are themselves provoking innocent people that haven't done anything to them just because they live in that neighborhood, you know. And when you watch them beating on the drums and going up and down the streets day and night, all night long, you wonder why the police don't arrest them for for Disturbing the peace, a very simple law, disturbing the peace, but yet it is illegal against a federal law for these people to protest outside of Chief Justice's homes, but they're not enforcing the laws. So this is what you need to be careful of. We live in a world of of, uh, selective law enforcement, right? You are not protected. You are not defended. You are just a, uh, a walking, uh, probably possible victim uh, of whatever they decide to spew out there and give the green light to these horrible maniacs who would go and throw you in front of a train or beat you in the head with a hammer or just shoot you, stab you, do what they want, and rape you, and they feel justified because of people like Chuck Schumer, because of people like that, these mutants feel justified so you're in danger i grew up my whole life in danger i was raised on long island man even though it's uh, that town is now the top three zip code in the world for it being expensive that doesn't mean that i didn't have a hard life and and we didn't have money like <laughs> even worse when you live in a rich town you're poor you know and uh but i mean you know working class people we all hung out together and you know uh it was like that on the other side of the tracks you had north rockville center people had a little bit more to do right but uh but you watch your back is what i'm saying you're riding a long island railroad coming out of the city three o'clock in the morning you watch your back you know, you go into the city to hang out any time of day. You watch your back. Brooklyn, Queens, you watch your back. You you make sure that you don't become a victim. You know, a lot of people carry weapons down there. And that's the thing, too. In the city, the ones who are committing crimes, the handgun crimes with illegal handguns, you can make all the gun laws you want. They're still going to be able to obtain those guns. They're out there. They're available. They're cheap. There's no waiting period. They can get them and shoot you and throw it into the sewer. So so there's problems there, too, of getting the illegal guns off the streets. But they want to focus on the legal gun owners. So if you're just a normal citizen, and you, let's say you live in New York City, right? You want to protect yourself with a handgun. Most states will say, yeah, you can get a handgun permit. You might have to jump through a couple of fire hoops. Some states, you just need a driver's license, you know? And, uh, I mean, there's full-time carry, and as long as it's exposed, open carry, things like that, they have that. If you want to conceal, they have a permit for that. But it's not difficult to get it. In New York, it's so difficult to get a handgun permit, you're not likely you're going to get it. Unless you, unless you're rich, hey man, if you got money, you can get anything, right? You can, you can uh, hire anybody you want to go to bat for you, and then get that, get that permit 
pretty quick. If you're a normal old citizen, back in the day, it would take six months to get a, a handgun license, a carry license, you know. But if you want to protect yourself and you want that, that 44 bulldog under your shirt, you know, that you feel like you got your little hand cannon. And, you know, let me tell you, when you're on the streets by yourself, or even with a loved one or something, and you run into people who don't give a crap about your life. The only thing they're thinking about is what they can take from you. And the police aren't right there. Oh, man, you can call the police sometimes. They'll show up 45 minutes or an hour because they're responding to all the other crime going on, right? So it's just you and it's them, right? And, and God, if you pray, that's it. And you're 44 bulldog, right? So... Yeah, they could have a gun too, whatever, but you're, at least you're equaling the playing field. And uh, and if you have something like that, they are not likely to victimize you, especially if they don't have something like that. You know, you let them go on their merry way, right? But it, it's a interesting thing where they want to disarm the general public. You can't even have a, a stun gun in New York City. You can't even carry mace or pepper spray. So if you're a normal citizen, you are not allowed to protect yourself in New York unless you jump through a series of fire hoops. And if you want to get a handgun license in New York City, that's even more difficult than getting one if you live in another place or another county. You know, It's one handgun license for the whole state aside from New York City and its five boroughs. Then, uh, but it's interesting that these criminals buy them on the street for 50 bucks or cheaper and they, they have them and they're loaded and they're ready to use them. And they're not part of the NRA folks. Whenever you hear all that talk about the NRA, I am not a member of the NRA. I was a member of the NRA. Uh, there's no reason for me to be a member of the NRA, so I don't do it, you know, but I do know that it's about gun safety and, uh, the gun clubs I was part of, you know, they had NRA events and it was about gun safety. You know, it wasn't about, hey, look at this. I'm going to go shoot this. I'm going to shoot shoot the can or, you know, whatever. <laughs> shoot the top off my beer. Oh, no. But in the city or anywhere, when it comes to these, these people and they're, they're, what they're doing, shooting these mass shootings, they're not NRA members. But they, but they go after the NRA. The left does because they want to go after, they want gun control. They want to take guns away from people. Now the Supreme Court might flip the rule so people in New York can, can carry a handgun and not have to go through the stiff permit process because it is getting in the way. You know, most other states, like I said, have, have very simple rules if you want to own a handgun, you know. And we in our gun clubs won't even let you join unless you, you know how to use the thing. You don't just want someone shooting and not knowing how to use their, their firearm. So, I don't know. They want to disarm everybody. You know, 10 years ago today, in uh, in Venezuela, they made it illegal to have guns and uh, own a firearm, a private firearm. And look what happened there, right? Now we're trying to beg them for oil, this administration. You know, the Saudi, Saudis don't want to talk to Biden because Biden's uh, doing all this for Iran and enabling Iran. You know, Saudi and Iran are, are desperate enemies. And uh, that's how we treat people. That's how we treat the Saudis. You know, uh, and Iran is, is a country, you know, these people start their prayers saying death to America, death to Americans. 
You know, they're not our friends. They're not going to be our friends. And we have enough friends. We don't need them, do we? So, but this is the world we live in. I, I feel like you're in danger. I feel like uh, we're all in danger. You have to really watch yourself. And man, you never know when someone's going to go off. Uh, I got a sixth sense of it because I've been around it for so long. There's not one time I went into New York City that I didn't run into somebody who was completely crazy and dangerous. You know, and it doesn't take much to set them off. Not at all. In fact, you have to be like a walking psychologist when you run into some people. And if you guys go in the city, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're sitting there nodding your head, yes, because it is uh, a, a like a journey <laughs> the, of, of danger you have to navigate through. And these people, you know what? They, they will, they eat their young. They don't care, man. They don't care. Oh, you love life. You're a kind, nice, sweet person. You do things for people around you. Great. Not them. They'll take your life and laugh about it and brag about it, you know? Oh, what? But then the, the extreme left, you know, I've been seeing excuses come out for all these the shooters, not the ones that shoot black people, but the ones who shoot, you know, because the left has their division on who's evil and who's not evil. So if you if you agree with their political ideology and you commit these crimes, they give you a pass. How long do you think in this society that's going to last? How long do you think that people are, are get going to get to the point they're not going to be able to handle it anymore? I mean, we're already watching the crazies being pushed over the edge. They're already going out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all have mental problems. Is why they're doing what they're doing. Is they're not acting, functioning normally. They're not defending themselves. They're they're being pushed into something by the rhetoric that's out there. And there's a lot of rhetoric, a, a very violent, political, nasty rhetoric. You know, and on both sides, but really from the left, I have never seen anything like this before. And, uh, you know, even when Bill Clinton was president, it was nothing like this. He'd be looked at as a conservative these days compared to these lefties. They want to move people into the whole green energy thing. Great. Look what's going on out there. They don't realize that people can't afford that. And it's not a reliable source. Using this crisis. To, to pump up the prices. So yeah, oil companies making record profits. Interestingly enough, if they're making record profits, so are the governments because they charge so much for tax. New York State suspended their their state tax on gas until uh, the, the 31st of December, right? Aside from that, I don't know who's doing what. I haven't seen, I, I see the prices going up, 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 and I know people can't afford it. People are driving less. But if you have to go to work and drive 20 miles each way, there's no way of making that less, you know, you, unless you look for mass transit. But that's fine. Everybody's got to try to figure out their own thing. It's sad because we don't have the representation. It doesn't exist. And now you have Supreme Court justices, uh, people threatening to kill them, going there with a gun. The guy actually called the police and said, I'm going to kill Kavanaugh and this, that, and the other thing. And, and then, he, then he said he was feeling suicidal. This dude is a ticking time bomb. His parents had to have known that. They had to have known uh, his, his ideology, what, what he was spewing. And it's not their own is the problem. It, it's absorbed. They, they just are, are they're, they're the minions. They don't think for themselves. They're not free thinkers. The ones who go and kill and do all that, these innocent people, they're not free thinkers. They're being controlled by other sources. And, and mainly, it, it's what they see. It's what they see and hear. So, 
I can't watch mainstream media, man. I, I just can't do it. I can't. There's nothing. There's no reason to because it's just one person. If you watch Fox, right? Well, they do. They take clippets from CNN or MSNBC and those idiots on there and they play it. Then they complain about that, the misinformation that they're spreading. You know what, man? The people that watch Fox don't have to be sold on conservatism because that's pretty much what they are. The people that watch MSNBC or CNN don't have to be sold on liberalism because that's their audience they know they can count on the audience whatever they say negative about the other side is what those people are going to to support it's not the news because the news doesn't have sides the news is the news this is what happened you tell people what happened that's all so but there's no leadership you have a president that that's got cognitive uh of, of disabilities i mean this guy I'm watching his decline physically, mentally, everything. And when you see him, you know, in front of the camera, that's the best Joe Biden that they can supply. You know, that's the best. He went on, what was it, uh, Jimmy Kimmel, right? I don't watch nighttime TV because it's not fun or interesting or anything anymore. It's just more more, more political crapola. But uh, I guess he went on there. This guy hasn't done an interview in 118 days. With a with a news source, but he goes on Jimmy Kimmel and mess around. They don't even talk about Kavanaugh. They don't talk about. They talked about Trump. Trump. The hell does he have to do with anything, man? Jimmy Kimmel saying that Biden has such a tough job. It's a job he wanted. The job he was elected to do. If you if you believe in all that, but yet we knew that we we knew what was going to happen. We just didn't want to be right. Because now we're in the middle of this, right? So, you know, uh, you don't have a structured government of people who can respond and know what they're doing. You don't have a cabinet full of qualified people for the position that they're in. They're just a bunch of of give me jobs, uh, political jobs, sycophants, bureaucracy, but not what we need. Not what we need. So be careful out there. Watch out for yourself, you know? Uh, I mean, I remember, you know, I was a kid in the 70s, but I read news a lot, and, you know, uh, we had three newspapers that come to the house, the New York Times, the Newsday, and the Daily News. But uh, in school, the library always had newspapers go and read the Post and whatever, man. Well-informed, I would think, you know? If you, you know, those, those reporters back then had some kind of integrity. So they, they wanted to get the right story out. It was important to them, for them to be accurate in their information, right? Not like it is now. Now it's just a, a, a circus, you know, but it's good to be well-informed and it's good to know what's going on around you all the time. Uh, back then in the seventies, the city was, was dangerous, dangerous for a different reason. And these days, it's innocent people who are just uh, taking the subway to brunch and get gunned down because someone feels like gunning them down or get stabbed to get pushed in front of a train or get run over. Because these people, you see the, the kid who ran over the mom walking her baby and then they gave him six months in some summer camp. That was his, that's his, that's his punishment. 
and he drove over these people. Thank God they didn't die. You know, and amazing to me. And what's he going to learn? He's going to learn that he can get away with more. Right? He'll go to summer camp, hang out with people as bad as he is, worse than he is. You know, and and that's what happens. So they want they want crime to go away without working to get rid of crime. Right? In New York City, you have a DA who's letting all these criminals go. As soon as he lets them go, they commit more crime, sometimes murder. Now the guy doesn't want to talk to anybody. Then you have you know Mayor Adams saying that that the justice system is, is a joke in the city, but he's the mayor. He he needs to to be part of that and get that changed. You know, and it all comes down to their bail reform. It all comes down to let's let people go. Let's let people commit crimes. As much crime as they want, let, let's let them go. Let's let them do it, you know, because they, they've been somehow disparaged in in their life, even though they haven't, because good people don't commit crimes. You know, criminals commit crimes. So they're saying the way to fix that is to let them commit more crime. Right? Is that the way to fix it? That doesn't even make any sense. All right, here we go. More than seven in 10 New Yorkers fear they will become a victim of a violent crime. A distressing new poll has found as famously progressive cities nationwide faced a public safety reckoning under soft on crime, Democrat lawmakers and prosecutors. So let's read that. Under soft on crime, Democrat lawmakers and prosecutors, they themselves have enabled these criminals to commit these crimes. They are accomplices to what they do because they are refusing to enforce the laws to put them away. Like the people outside of Kavanaugh's house right now. It's against the federal law plus local laws, but yet they're not hauling anybody away. Wow. And this is the world you, we live in. They're, so the protection that you pay for, they're not going to protect you. What happens? Have you ever seen Antifa show up throwing rocks at people's heads and, and they're just trying, they're peacefully protesting, but they get rocks thrown at their heads. The police stand by and watch it happen. What's the point of having them at that rate? You know? All right. 76% of residents are very concerned or somewhat concerned. They'll be targeted amid a big apples ongoing crime wave, right? When asked, how concerned are you that a shooting which a gunman targets people based on their race, religion, or ethnicity will happen in your neighborhood? Almost half, 43%, confess they are concerned. In fact, a whopping 70% of New Yorkers say they feel less safe now than before the COVID-19 pandemic started. Uh, you mean when Trump was in office, right? And compared to just 3% who said they feel safer. <laughs> Those are the criminals, that 3%. Like, yeah, I feel safer. I got my gun. I can shoot people. Rob them, smash windows. You know they're they're going into churches, taking artifacts. They're you know museums are next. Banks, banks and museums, right? Well, it's going to stop people from walking in there. They, no one's going to stop them, right? The sobering results come as the latest NYPB NYPD data uh, from last week showed gun violence has dropped by nearly a third in May compared to the same time, but shootings were still nearly double pre-pandemic levels and then there's the stabbings then there's the pushing in front of trains and there's the the driving over people and doing all these other things right strangling people you know the crazy stuff is happening one guy cut another guy's throat with a box cutter he was shopping he was shopping the dude 
an older guy with his little basket. This dude comes up behind him, picks a box cutter up off the shelf in the store, and cuts the guy's juggler vein and just kept walking. This is what's out there. This is why you got to know what the hell's around you all the time. Other major crimes continue to increase last month, uh, according to NYPD data. One of the 1,000 New Yorkers polled, uh, of the 1,000 New Yorkers polled, 45% said Mayor Adams was doing a poor job of fighting crime across the city, despite the ex-cops promise to bring violence under control. Yeah, and that ain't happening. That's January. Here we are in June. And things are getting worse. His poor rating is even higher among Hispanics, 55% and Asians, 49%. Yeah, people don't feel safe with that dude at the helm. Even Adams himself blasted crime in Big Apple on Monday, lashing out at the uh, the prosecutors, the lenient prosecutors, judges for cutting loose suspect shooters to unleash more gunfire. I mean, they let people go who shot police officers. Let them go. They let people go who shot other people. And, and it's for what? Who are they helping? The mayor fumed that soft on crime policies were turning the city's criminal justice system into a laughing stock of our entire country. Yeah, yeah. And he's the head clown. Not to offend any clowns out there. The courts have, uh, have to prosecute. Judges have to make sure they stay in. In the wake of a spate of subway crimes, including a string of shoves, in April's mass shooting on the Manhattan-bound N train, 85% of New Yorkers support having more cops in the subways, and 63% were in favor of installing metal detectors. So now they want more cops. 85% support having more cops. Oh, what happened to defund the police and less cops? Oh, yeah, you're going to solve crime by getting rid of the police. Of course, of course. It makes perfect sense to an idiot moron perfect sense to somebody with no brain, with a pigeon brain. Nah, I don't want to insult pigeons, man. They've got, even pigeons know, get, get the hell out of the way. This is this is who gets elected. Oh yeah, fight the power and less police. No, man. Who are you defending anyway? You know, when the police show up, there's uh, usually a crime being committed. You know that, right? Now that now some places in the country, these sheriff departments saying they don't have enough money for fuel to respond to all the calls they get, so they're going to handle it through nine one one. They better get on a horse and show up, get on a motorcycle, bicycle. You get out there with something, man. Okay, the latest chilling subway shove. Unfolded Sunday in the Bronx when a man uh, was caught on surveillance tossing a 52-year-old woman onto the tracks. A Flatbush resident, Danielle Hange, now carries bandages and gauze with her in the wake of a subway shooting. She should carry a, a gun. You know? Shoot that guy in his groin. <laughs> Don't mess with me. I'll blow your balls off. Then people, once you start doing that, these these crazy criminals will understand that there's retribution, that people are willing to defend themselves, that if you attack someone, you can't just do it and walk away. 
That's what has to happen. Let me tell you something I learned about human beings in this time I've been on this planet is that they respond to to things like that, right? Not not talk hyperbole, uh, political jargon, and whatever. No, you you come at me, and uh, you know, it's it's not going to work out well. You know, now they think they can do whatever they want and walk away, and they feel justified. They feel justified because of the political rhetoric. They're getting the green light to go out and do this, right? Come on, those protests, burning down police stations. That's a peaceful protest. I watched that Jen Psaki, uh, that creepy crud bag. She was like, uh, you know, we encourage. Of course we, we encourage uh, peaceful protests. No, they don't. I've watched the, the, the Obama and Hillary and these people tell those protesters to keep going and doing what they're doing. They were being violent. They're burning down buildings. They're looting stores. Who does that help? It helped. It helped the politicians push their their angle to the people that that they're trying to 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 basically schmooze and get get the vote right. Is what happened. Let's see. I'm not surprised. The majority of us are afraid that we'll be attacked. Brian Corbin and F uh, FDNY, New York uh, firefighter and lifelong Queens resident told the Post on Tuesday when asked to poll, Rebecca uh, Moravec, a Queen's grandmother, added, I am concerned about the way too many guns registered or not being out on the streets and often in the hands of minors, which happened in my neighborhood. Yeah, she's talking about illegal handguns. And how are they getting those? They need to clamp down on, on those avenues, right? Our gun laws suck nationwide. Our prison and court system are a joke, and help for the mentally ill and criminally negligent is non-existent. So yes, I'm part of the 76%, she said. Yeah, because it's, it's her ass who's on the line. And she can't go get a gun and defend herself unless it's an illegal gun, right? So the government's saying if you want to defend yourself, you have to break the law. But, but they're not willing to enforce the law to protect you. It doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense in the world of, of, of sense and common sense, right? So, <laughs> there are too many criminals in the street, T.J. Mitchell of, of Diker Heights. Nice area there in Brooklyn. That's where they do the, uh, the big uh, Christmas lights every year. He said, weirdos and deranged criminals everywhere in the city. No, I don't feel safe. I'm most worried about shootings and subway crime. Keish Carrero, an 18-year-old from the Bronx, says she no longer feels safe in public or on public transport. Telling the Post, I fear for my life every day. I'm always on high alert because I fear I will be attacked. What kind of life is like? What's that for anybody? But she's 18. She's basically young. A kid. What's it like for kids to grow through that? Kids to live through that? And the politicians actually are going to scream about, about birth control? And, and, you know, chief justices are going to face the whirlwind? And this is going on in Chuck Schumer's own city? And people don't feel safe? But that's quite all right. Because they want you to feel in danger. Then they throw you a bone and you know, right before election time, a month or two before the election, they throw you a bone. Oh look, they care, they're doing something. No, they don't. They just want to get rehired. So whatever. 
screw them anyway. I have always known that you have to protect yourself. I've always known that if you go to the police, it's more about having a paper trail than actually them defending you in any situation, man, you know. But I want to talk about something exciting, actually. Exciting for people who are cancer patients and and anybody who might get cancer. So uh, every cancer patient enters remission after drug trial study reveals, right? So a recent drug trial administered to a handful of cancer patients had surprising result of eliminating the disease in every participant involved. The study was concluded on 18 rectal cancer patients at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center in Manhattan and had a 100% success rate, according to a paper published in Sunday in the New York uh, New England Journal of Medicine. Catch that. Get the whole article. I believe that this is the first time this has happened in the history of cancer, Dr. Louis Diaz Jr., the author of the paper, had said. And uh, the drug is called... uh, Dostarlimab, and was administered uh, administered to each patient every three weeks for six months. Participants in the study were suffering from rectal cancer, were given alternatives such as chemotherapy or difficult surgery that could potentially lead to bowel or urinary dysfunction. Yeah, you got to wear a colostomy bag and whatever. I'm done if I have to wear a colostomy bag, man. That's not sexy at all. I got to be sexy. I'm sorry. I'd blow myself up. <laughs> I just strap myself up. Boom. Bye. Colostomy bag and all. But, but this is this is exciting. You know, <clears throat> this is people going in, into remission after getting this treatment. So they're going to experiment and keep going further. <clears throat> you know, cancer institutes, people who, who make the money off this aren't going to love this uh, this information, but Hopefully this goes in the proper direction and uh, they can actually help people to get out of uh, the way of cancer and be cancer free and not go through the pain they themselves or their families or any of that, you know, so exciting, man. I have to applaud that. So I know I'm trying not to talk about the Will Smith slap anymore because it's ancient history. Uh, even though when I see him now, I can't help but think about what a douche the guy is. You know, I never felt like that before. Never. I, I kind of felt that he was a bit arrogant, but I, I heard through certain channels that he's a nice guy and whatever, you know, but he's struggling. He's struggling mentally, isn't he? He's obviously in a, a very controlling, demanding relationship where he's not being satisfied. So he's in he's in the struggle. It wasn't Chris Rock he was slapping. Even though he is the one that got slapped. Right? It was uh it was actually the dynamic between he and his sometimes wife, you know? All right. So they keep going up to Chris Rock and saying, Chris Rock, Chris Rock, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? Whatever. And I'm sure that. At this point, he's just going on with his own thing. So let's see. And this reporter got to him and said, Chris Rock is not concerned with Jada's plea to reconcile with Will after he slapped him. Now she's on her show saying, I hope they can reconcile, get together, whatever. I don't think they were together to begin with. They're two totally different people on two totally different spectrums. And, And, you know, Chris Rock is real. Will Smith is is fake. There's, There's a difference between 
22. I know Chris Rock is an actor and all that, but he's real, you know, and he's got real passion, real thoughts. Will Smith is a robot, you know what I mean? And he's a, a blue pill robot at that. <clears throat> let's say, let's say he's, he's uh, the world of simp, right? Okay. Chris Rock isn't responding to Jada Pinkett Smith's pleas to reconcile with Will Smith on her Facebook show, Red Table Talk. According to an insider who spoke to Entertainment Tonight on June 6, 2022, the uh, SNL comedian does not want to deal with Smith's, uh, the Smiths amid his comedy tour. He's not concerned with the Smiths at the moment. The source said he's touring and he's preparing for a comedy special. Uh, yeah, he's working. He's working, right? The source also emphasized that Rock does not keep up with any Hollywood news and that he's focusing on himself. The source is, uh, so that's the thing, though, that Jada, she wants the world to focus on her. And it's not about, I hope they can reconcile. She knows that she's going to mention uh, Will Smith, her husband, or, or Chris Rock. It's going to get some attention. So she's milking the cow to anorexia, right? Because she's a no-talent hack. And the red table talk is her only gig. And the only reason she, anybody would even pay attention to it because she has Will Smith going there to talk about their marital issues like, like he's some idiot. You know, uh, airing their dirty laundry in public on her show so she can get ratings. It's it's actually sick minded. It's a it's a sick minded narcissistic attitude, right? <clears throat> so let me get back to that. Uh, let's see. Yeah, so of course you know because of uh, Chris Rock insulted Jada's bald head. All he said was G.I. Jane. I'm looking for that movie, and then Will Smith went up there. Slapped him one. Uh, let's see. So on June 1st, 2022, Jada Pinkett opened up about her thoughts about the infamous Oscar slap. She expressed her thoughts about her bald disease and, and, and called in the cold open of the Red Table Talk. Says they actually have a cold open. <laughs> I'm sure wherever she is, it's pretty cold. I don't know, man. She seems like a pretty cold type of person. Considering what I've been through with my own health and what happened at the Oscars, thousands have reached out to me with their stories. Yeah, thousands. And I'm using this moment to give our alopecia family an opportunity to talk about what it's like to have this condition and inform people about what alopecia really is. Then she, you know, by, by the way, she hawks these drugs for these, these drug manufacturers about the alopecia or whatever. And it has, it has never been determined that she has it. When I look at her head, I, I don't see any missing hair. I just see the hair growing in. But whatever, man. I'm not, I'm not there, so I don't, <laughs> I'm not going to comment on so I'm not there. I'm just saying from my simple, honest observation. Uh, then she directly referred to her husband in Rock, using them uh, to reckon, or urging them to reconcile. Now about Oscar night, my deepest hope is that these two intelligent, capable men have an opportunity to heal, talk this out, and reconcile. The state of the world today, we need them both. Yeah, you need you need Will Smith and Chris Rock. You need <laughs> their necessity in this world right now. I mean, everybody, you know what? That's the problem with our society. Is that everybody wants to think that they're more important than somebody else or they need you and whatever. You just need to survive every day. That's goddamn simple. 
You know, Chris Rock needs to work and survive every day. Will Smith needs to get his own life and get away from that that psychopath. You know what I mean? And and then heal and try to try to live his life. I don't even think he knows what. I don't even think he has his own personality. I think he's just uh, an all around actor that never really had his own personality or hadn't been present in many years. Right? Anyway. Until then, Will and I are are continuing to do what we've done for the last twenty eight years, and that's keep keep <laughs> keep figuring this thing called life together. What happened to that other dude that she was boinking for a couple of years? Does he does he figure in? Anyway, so that's her take on it, right? So I'm going to counter that with uh, with. Vavika Fox. Vavika. Vavisha. Fuck. I never know these people are because I don't watch these horrible shows. But uh, she she is a, a famous person. <laughs> and she emotionally reacts to Jada Pinkett Smith's self-righteous remarks about the Oscar slap. Ugh. Got Got some action going on there. Vavika Fox. Held back tears as she discussed Jada Pinkett Smith's comments about her husband Will Smith slapping Chris Rock at this year's Academy Awards. You see, and people are still talking about the Academy Awards. Normally, nobody would ever talk about it. Not for any length of time. People don't even like to watch it. Right? Just a bunch of uh, Hollywood people patting each other on the back. Nobody needs to see that. On Thursday's episode of the Wendy Williams... The actress, 57, said that Jada took no accountability for her part of the incident on Wednesday's Red Table Talk. This is going to be difficult for me. These are my peers. I've done a movie with both of them, set it off with Jada and Independence Day with Will Smith, which absolutely changed my life. Is that that chick? Is that the dancer that he was with, Will Smith? I don't know. Independence Day? I don't know. a long time ago. All right, so when I saw this video last night, it made me cry. I'll be very honest with you guys, she emotionally shared. I really felt to be a partner to Will Smith, whose career basically took a a crumble that night, she added. We were all rooting for Will Smith that night, Oscar night. We wanted him to win. Will Smith that night, as far as I was concerned, was going to be crowned this generation's Sidney Poitier, which is a huge honor. He is nothing like Sidney Poitier. Nothing, nothing. Not even anywhere, nothing. Sidney Poitier is a class act. Was a class act always and forever, man. And would never have acted like Will Smith or act like him. Goofy like him or nothing. Nope. Anyway. Love Sidney Poitier. Fox then opened up about why she felt Jada 50 had a role in the incident, which occurred after the rocks joked. But you know what? All right, let me, let me finish reading this before I say something. Will Smith was defending her honor. That's the reason he walked on stage and slapped because he felt like his wife had been offended. So for me uh, to see no accountability as a partner, she explained. Also, let's not forget Chris Rock was assaulted. We cannot forget basically telling a joke that I really felt wasn't that bad. She continued, let's not forget the show was executive produced by Will Packer, an African-American man. This night was a night for African-American and diversity for brown people and black people. Now that will forever be scarred. 
Fox hoped Will and Jada would take more responsibility for their actions. But you see, this is the deal. This is Will Smith. I'm going to give you his psychological breakdown because I was in a controlling relationship, you know that? And, and uh, I was the one controlling the person. <laughs> so I kind of know. No, I was in, in a controlling relationship with, with the same type of, of, of person. And he, this was his moment. It wasn't all black people winning the Oscar. It was Will Smith. This was his moment. He had to destroy that moment for himself under the self-hating stuff he's been subjected to because he is not allowed to feel like an individual. He is not allowed to feel like, like a free person. He is owned by this woman. So he psychologically had to do something to destroy and scar that moment forever. He wasn't slapping Chris Rock. You know, Chris Rock got the brunt of it. Not even a heavy enough slap to knock him down, let's say, man. But he was was slapping his psychosis. He, he was destroying something that, I mean, this is his first Oscar ever and his last. He destroyed that moment. And he has these deep problems, you know. So that's my psychological breakdown, and I'll send Will Smith my bill for uh, <laughs> for that therapy session right there. No problem. And everybody's talking about the new movie out, Top Gun, Top Gun, Maverick, right? And wondering why all the women that, that were in the original movie weren't in this movie. So Kelly McGillis, of course, goes and jumps in. And they're saying, why isn't Kelly McGillis uh, appropriate for the movie? And she said, I'm old and fat, and I look age-appropriate. <laughs> I'm old and fat. The post, uh, why... Uh, why Kelly McGillis is in the Top Gun. Let's see. Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer return. Val Kilmer, they had to do some. He can't even talk anymore. He's messed up, and they had to do some kind of CG action, you know, to make him talk. So Tom Cruise, of course, until it's pretty good, keeps himself together, man. All that Scientology, you know. <laughs> he returned uh, for the movie. So Kelly McGillis obviously didn't get the role. And. She's she's uh kind of a little pissy about it. Well, you want some some older woman? Nobody wants to see that <laughs> with Tom Cruise. Nobody wants to see that. No matter how people say how many how much people say they want to see that, they don't want to see it. No matter how PC people think they are, that's something they don't want to see, and that's why she didn't. So this is Hollywood, you know. This is the same uh, uh, business, Hollywood business, that pushes the images on people of what you're supposed to be, look like, who you're supposed to be with, and whatever. Programming, right? Program people's brains. So uh, let's see. To Entertainment Tonight asked Kelly McGillis way back in 2019 if the makers of Top Gun Maverick had asked her to be in the film. She said, oh, my God, no, they did not, nor do I think they would ever, she replied, uh, almost laughing at the idea. I mean, I'm old and fat, and I look age-appropriate for what my age is, and that is not what the whole scene is about. See, that's she's right. She's absolutely right, but Hollywood will never admit that. They will never admit that. In fact, they take the opposite stance. And everybody's beautiful. Everybody's this. Everybody's that. But they they lie. They lie because they know what they're going to put in their crap movie. So people go and watch the movie, right? Let's see. Uh, 
At least she said, she said I'd, I'd much rather feel absolutely secure in my skin as to who, uh, what my age is and opposed uh, uh, to placing a value on all that other stuff. See, now, on uh, that Sex in the City remake, when you have that woman out there saying, you know, you know how perfect I have to be, you know how perfect I have to look, and they get, you know, the paparazzi get one shot at you, not looking good, and that's the one that they use, and how dare they, and whatever. Let me tell you, lady, you're in your mid-50s, you know, uh, it is what it is. You know, it is what it is, mid-50s. You, you can be healthy, you can look good, you can exercise, you can be athletic, but you're not going to be youthful. Youthfulness is wasted on the youth. Right? Oh, you got big lips now and Botox and whatever. You know what that means? Nada. Nothing. It means it means that you're you're reaching for something that ain't there. You know, so whatever. I'm gonna leave you guys with that thought. And I'll see you guys next week on the Red Pill News. You think about all this stuff, man. Look over your shoulder. Be careful. Be you know, be be mindful who you're around. And don't suspect uh that people are gonna do the right thing by you, you know. You don't want to be a victim. You want to go home to your family. You want to go home every day to your family, right? So you guys be careful out there. I'll see you next week on the Red Pill News. United Public Radio Network, UPRNTalkRadio.com. Ah. Oh.